This podcast is brought to you by Brunner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbrunner.com and take your skills to the next level. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my goal with each episode is to share stories of people who are recreating their lives or rising above challenges to write their next chapters with authenticity. These stories give me the courage to go after living my best life, and I think they will do that for you, too. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the show so this podcast can continue to inspire next chapters all over the world. My guest knows what it's like to hit rock bottom. He's a former U.S. Marine Corps veteran who, upon returning home, lost everything and was living out of his car. Today, he's risen from homelessness to being a renowned fitness trainer for some of Hollywood's elite, Sylvester Stallone. Jamie Foxx and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have all worked with him. Aaron Williamson, welcome to my podcast. It is so great to have you on our show. And first, let me say thank you for your service to our country. Fabulous work. Thank you so much, Liz. It's great to be on with you, and uh, I appreciate the introduction. It's been quite the journey. It sure has, because your story reads like its own Hollywood script. From tragedy to triumph, where you are now training actors, directors, producers in La La Land, to even becoming an actor and a stuntman yourself. Do you ever pinch yourself and think, how did I get here? I do. I do quite often. It's, it's pretty surreal to be where I am now because growing up as a normal kid, you, you always watch the movies, you see the, the iconic movie, uh, movie stars, and then all of a sudden now you're in front of them training them. They're looking to you for advice and guidance and transformation. So it's a, it's a really surreal thing. You served as an infantryman, a body barrier conducting funerals at Arlington National Cemetery, and you were also a security specialist assisting in high-level missions overseas. And you have said that entering the military right out of high school saved your life. How so? My family kind of broke apart at an early age. Mm. I got into some trouble with drugs, um, almost died in seventh grade, and uh, kind of led me on this weird path through high school. So I bounced around uh, to different homes and eventually ended up back with my mom into a private school. But there was so much time lost, and I, I really had no no real direction. So the military to me was kind of the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. And then when I looked at it, I, I thought of the Marines as being the best of the best. So um, I decided to do that. And when I got to Paris Island, I was on the yellow footprints. I realized very quickly I was in a whole nother world. And having said that, it changed my life immediately. So I learned a lot about myself through boot camp. I bet. You served in some of the most dangerous places in the world. And when you completed your last tour and decided to come home, like many men and women, you found it very hard to go from the military to civilian life and thus began that downward spiral. What happened? The transition was supposed to be me coming to New Orleans to work with Marine Forces North, which is the component command for U.S. NORTHCOM. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out the way I had anticipated, so... I was in a new place, didn't know very many people. Because that job didn't pan out, I ended up trying to figure out what to do now because I really had no no plan other than that. And I was trying to transition from a mental perspective. I was pretty twisted from 
you know, having been in that environment for a long time, it was just a really tough time to, to go from such a high to the ultimate low, living in the car, trying to figure out the next stage of my life. So it was a mess. I mean, those are the words you've used. It just really was a mess at that point in time. It was the biggest mess of all time, honestly. But looking back on it now, it's probably one of the most intricate parts of my journey because I, I was able to persevere through, yeah. I would say, probably the most toughest time of my life. Right. There was a lot of bad thoughts that went through my head and I had to keep myself going. That's where mm -hmm. I finally, you know, anchored in the one thing I loved the most, which was fitness. Right. And I think that's interesting because because everything was such a mess, you were bankrupt, you were living out of your car. You even thought about going back overseas, but you decided to turn to that one thing, that one constant that had always been there in your life, which was your passion and knowledge of fitness. Where did that passion come from initially? I call getting bit by the bug in, uh, in 1999 when I was deployed to Okinawa, Japan. I had messed around with weights a little bit in high school, but when I was deployed to Camp Schwab, Okinawa, when you're deployed, you, you might hear this a lot from a military perspective, but you either turn into a PT stud or you might become an alcoholic. It's kind of one of the two. That's where I really found my love for the gym. And funny enough, I had this idea that I wanted to become a pro bodybuilder. And that was my whole goal of really getting into the fitness uh, channels of things. And partly why the body bearer duty was so fun to me, because I was able to put on so much size and be a really big Marine. So. <laughs> yeah, you're still a big former Marine veteran, I'm going to say, okay? As I'm sitting here looking at you today, even though our listeners can't see you, they should look you up and we'll give them that information. But I think one of the things you've also said about the motivation of being that bodybuilder and really taking care of your body, both physically and mentally, was that so many of the Marines that you knew never made it home. You know, whenever I have those dark moments, even to this day, I always look back on the friends, the brothers, the sisters, everyone who I lost over there. And I always say to myself and then always in the interviews and to anyone who might be going through a tough time, when you look at the reality of, of how fragile life is, we have a responsibility to do something amazing uh, for ourselves, for our family, and for our loved ones who never made it back. So that's kind of a really big motivating factor for me to this day. Eventually, you open up your own gym and literally step by step with the gym, this opened up in an entirely new and amazing journey for you. And it starts with a chance encounter with actor Zach Efron. What happened that day? This gym was a 24-hour gym in uptown New Orleans. Zach had come into town to do a movie called The Lucky One. So it's about a Marine Iraq veteran. When he got to the gym, him and his trainer saw a military collage poster on the wall, which is how I kind of branded myself as kind of the fit Marine. They were interested in me possibly working with him from a technical advisor uh, standpoint, just to help, help teach him how to be a Marine, walk like a Marine, kind of have those Marine intricacies for that role. And they brought me to set. I met the producer and director. And that was my entrance into film and TV as a technical advisor for The Lucky One. From that moment all the way up to uh, pre-Baywatch, uh, Zach and I worked together. Wow. Okay, then actor Sylvester Stallone calls you. You're in your car and he calls you. Did you really believe it was him calling you? It was a very surreal moment because I remember talking to his assistant. It felt like a prank call to me, but yeah. I just stayed. I just stayed on the line, and 
when he got on the phone, he's got the, a very uh, unmistakable voice. We had a great conversation. He was coming into town to do Bullet to the Head. That was where he and I met. You know, I look at you and then I, I look at him and I'm thinking, why does Sylvester Stallone need a trainer? I mean, he looks like he's already in great shape. So what did you do to help him? When you're in the production grind, it, it's always nice to have some accountability. Yes. It's nice to have someone who can take you through maybe a different style of training. And it just helps really keep you accountable for the production. So unfortunately, with our training, he got injured uh, early on. So it, it became a little limited. You know, he's he's a guy who likes to do his own stunts oh, and yes. uh, had, had tweaked his knee at the beginning of, of production. So our, our training was pretty limited, but I'd still go to set. I'd still, you know, come hang out with him for a bit, get to know him and really one of the one of the great guys in the industry and and just having grown up watching Rocky and Rambo when you're in that position now in front of this man where he's looking at you saying all right what's next it's it's uh, it's a pinch, it's a pinch me moment <laughs> i think so you really have become the go-to fitness trainer nutrition consultant particularly for people who need these rapid transformations, whether they're actors, film personnel, other even professional athletes. So who else has come calling? I'm curious. <laughs> There's a long <laughs> list of, of celebrities. Do you know J.K. Simmons? I've heard the name, yes. So we had a viral transformation back in 2016. He is probably one of the most real people I've met in the industry, but that transformation really impacted his career and mine both. And to this day, still gets talked about in all the interviews. So James Marsden was a great one. Mm -hmm. Amelia Clark was fun. But at the end of the day, they're all normal people. Yes. I like to always approach it as such, because if you're a trainer and you get in front of a, one of your celebrity clients and you're starstruck, it's not a good thing for you as a trainer moving forward. So it, it's really keeping yourself grounded and being able to treat them as just any other, any other person, any other client. And I think that's what they appreciate is that you do treat them as just a normal client, a normal human being, and that's what builds the trust, which is what is absolutely necessary to do any kind of work with anybody. So you're doing Definitely. that with these folks. How did the transition from behind the camera happen to you now going in front of the lens into some acting roles? How did that happen? Uh, so when I did G.I. Joe, it's where I, I met The Rock, and him and I trained together for a few months um, during the production. That was also his comeback to WWE. Working with him brought a lot of notoriety to me. What happened was it opened a whole new you know, set of demographics for me in terms of producers and directors coming in town. And when they were training with me, there was always discussion. There was always, you know, little hints about possibly looking at getting in front of the camera rather than being behind it. I got an acting coach and I started doing some stunt training just to kind of understand things a little bit better. And funny enough, acting just became a, another huge source of therapy for me, which was completely unexpected. Mm -hmm. But back to your pinch me moment comment, it's, it's so many pinch me moments during this whole journey. And that was another one. The stunt work just kind of freaks me out a little bit because I think it's so dangerous all the time. Why do you enjoy doing that work? I'm a physical guy. I'm a Marine. <laughs> Ground pounder, knuckle dragger. I, I love physicality of, of doing stunt work, although I'm a little older now, so I don't do as, as much as I did before. But I'd say my probably my favorite stunt work to do, ironically, would be fire stunts. I love to do stunt driving and I love swimming. Wow. Okay. 
your acting credits, stuntman credits, they're all racking up quite a bit. What are some of the movies and TV shows that you've appeared in that people would recognize and go, wait a minute, I know that guy? The TV show called The Rookie? Yes. Yeah, I play this uh, cracked out PCP guy that tears a church up and (laughs) (laughs) gets thrown in jail. There's a movie called American Heist. Um, I was in the Purge TV series. Those are probably the more recognizable ones where you'd see me for for a good chunk. You touched on this a little bit ago, but I want to come back to it, that one of the things you said was that that acting has really helped you with PTSD, post-traumatic syndrome. How so? When you deal with, with trauma and you end up having uh, that post-traumatic stress mindset, those, those things that kind of haunt you on the daily basis, there's a lot of emotions that are really deep inside of you that it's hard to, to access them and, and do anything with them in terms of healing. When you get into acting work, it's much more of an art and a craft than most people think. When you start to understand the vulnerability of what it takes to be an, a, a really good actor and being able to, to be someone else other than you, it helps break down a lot of walls. Mm-hmm. And depending on the character, whether it's you know drama, horror, you know, action, whatever the case may be, you can dig down and, and find some of these emotions that are in there and you can actually access them and use them and that's where the therapy for me came into play is being able to actually start to use some of these emotions to bring these characters to life, whether it's just in rehearsal or mm-hmm. in study groups. Clearly anyone looking at you can see you're physically very strong, but how do you stay mentally strong and why is that important to you? Mindset is really at the stem and the foundation of literally everything I do on a daily basis. So it's important to me to keep my head in the game, to be able to stay committed and focused on the things that are important to me. Health and longevity is important. Fitness is important. But having the right mindset, I I feel, has just helped me navigate through a lot of these traumatic experiences, these rock bottom moments for me. I try and pass that on to my clients, but really there's just a lot of different tools that I use. What I listen to really affects my mental health. I listen to very different type of, of music. I wouldn't even call it music. You know, most people go to the gym and they put on their headphones and listen to whatever music. I tend to listen to people talk. Eddie Perino, if you go on YouTube and just typed in like some type of mindset motivation, bodybuilding motivation, you'll find a whole slew of stuff that I feel it can affect you in a positive way because of the things that are being discussed in these in these videos. And before all this YouTube motivation stuff became a thing and became very popular, when I was living in my car, I just came across it by chance before it was really mainstream. Mm. And that was some of the first stuff I started listening to to help get myself through that, those homeless moments, those lonely moments. So to this day, I still listen to that stuff. When I go out on my walks, I listen to it. I take notes because I, I don't want to lose the creative process that's happening while I'm listening to it because it really opens your mind up in so many different directions. So what's next on the horizon for you, Aaron? What projects can you talk about? Do you have another bodybuilding competition coming up? <laughs> uh, no more bodybuilding for me. <laughs> it's a hard life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a hermit life. You really have to tune the world out because it, it's, it's somewhat selfish. But for me, I'm uh, really focusing on building my business right now, my fitness coaching business online. I'm getting back into the public speaking a little bit this year. Um, I've got a couple events lined up. I will be back into the film and TV mix probably by late spring, early summer. There's a TV show 
I can't really talk about it, but oh, essentially <laughs> uh, it's it, it could be a big moment for me in terms of having an actual recurring role in a, in a television show on a major network. I hope it goes as planned. Hollywood's a little bit different now than it was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this year because I really feel in my gut there's a lot of good stuff that's going to happen. Good for you. How are you living your best life today, Aaron? I'm living my best life by keeping myself mentally healthy and physically strong, and then at the same time, doing as much purposeful work as I can. Uh, So for me, I get so much out of being able to help other people. Um, And it's partly why I'm so into the coaching business right now, because it's It's more than just fitness. It goes back to mindset and changing your life in a way that can help other people change their life. It's it's an amazing feeling, especially when you get people sending you messages from all over the world, you know, in different countries. And it's really mind blowing to think little old me from Daytona Beach, Florida has, you know, this global impact right now. And I just want to keep building on it in a way that that's what I can be remembered for is the success and really giving back and helping other people. Keep pinching yourself, Aaron, because it's all good. (laughs) I will. Folks, if you'd like to learn more about Aaron and his story, just go to his website, which is AaronWilliamson.net. That's A-A-R-O-N-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-O-N.net, AaronWilliamson.net. And we'll have that in the show notes for you as well. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. You are a survivor, and you found a way to combine not only your passion, but it has led to your purpose. You're helping others see that they too can overcome incredibly challenging obstacles to achieve their dreams. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. Thank you very much, Liz. And thank you to everyone listening. There are heroes walking among us every day, and you just met one today, folks, in Aaron Williamson. May his story inspire you to know that you too can dream and live your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.